Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. Welcome Welcome to to the the new EDU. To a new week and a new new EDU podcast. Yeah, it's a brand new week, and we are just as excited about it as you are, hopefully. <laughs> if you're not, pretend like you are. There you go. So today we have two of our, well, first of all, really incredible educators, really incredible moms, and two of our really great friends mm-hmm. here with us, Amelia Capitosta and Lanisha Tab. And we are going to hit a pretty hot topic right now. So A topic that people are up in arms about. I mean, I wouldn't call it up in arms, but yes, it is a I, hot... I am up in arms about. Wade is up in arms. So we're going to find out what Wade is up in arms about. But this actually came from, I was doing a live the other night on our Get Your Teach On page, and I was with a guest, and her name is Ashley Schroeder. And we started asking people about state standardized testing this year during a pandemic, and the comments literally went on fire. And so I was like, man, this is something we need to talk about because a lot of educators it's as we all know this is starting to we're starting to get around to that march april it's hard to believe but yes we're getting around to the march april months and that in the education world means standardized testing and benchmarks and all the things to get kids ready or to show their progress throughout the year well when you throw in a pandemic that changes that there wasn't already enough stress and enough you know i guess anxiety Mm -hmm. and emotion surrounding that, then you throw in a pandemic where instructional time has been lost. We haven't been able to, you know, necessarily spend as much time with our students as we have in years past, just because whether it's virtual or hybrid or face-to-face, and then you throw in mask, and then you throw in internet connection, and then you throw in all the challenges. What does this look like as we start to prepare them for state standardized testing? Yeah, and it looks different, I think, from state to state because it's state standardized testing. But I think there are arguments for both for having it and for not having them. And so that's why we have our our two phenomenal educators with us today. They have all the answers, people. So stay tuned. They're going to give you every single answer. No, but they will give you some great perspective for sure. So we're going to bring in Amelia Capitosta, Lanisha Tab. Welcome. But we have four people on the new EDU podcast. Yeah, this is nuts. Uh, Amelia, if you don't mind introducing yourself and just telling a little bit about who you are, where you're from, I'm sure our listeners would love that. Yeah, so I'm Amelia Capitosa. I am from Ohio. I I usually have been teaching fourth grade as of recently, but this year I'm teaching third grade, so a little bit different. I know we're all in different teaching situations this year, so I'm in a different one as well. But I'm teaching third grade ELA and social studies this year, and so in Ohio, ELA is one of the main tested subjects. And if you're from Ohio, you also know you've heard about the third grade guarantee, which is a wonderful law that was passed a little while ago that has to do with the standardized test and our third graders taking the ELA one in the beginning of the year and the end of the year. So that's been my life for the past couple of months and will be really a lot in the next couple of months. So 
Yeah, I'm also a mom of three boys too. So we're talking about being moms and just life at home too in a pandemic with kids and teaching. It's just like one continuous wheel this past year right now. <laughs> and she's taken on teaching kindergarten at her house as well. For, I hear them in the background. <laughs> it is what it is. Children right, right. And neighborhood children as well. Just, I mean, my yeah. goodness. And then next up we have Lanisha. So Lanisha, if you can take just a second and introduce yourself to everybody as well. Yeah, definitely. So my name is Lanisha Tab, and I am from Indianapolis. This is my 15th year teaching. And this year I'm teaching kindergarten at the beginning of the year, I had 40 students. No, I'm sorry. Let me let me back up. This year, I'm teaching virtual kindergarten. <laughs> Big difference there. 100% virtual. I've never been face-to-face with these children ever. And the beginning of the year, there were about 40. I think I had 41 at one point. And then nine weeks later, some kids could choose to flip back if they wanted. And I lost about eight or nine. So now I've got like, oh, 30-something. And so it has been a very, very interesting year. And then, yeah, I'm a mom as well. I've got two children. Um, They are five and eight. So, you know, dealing with how they go to school, they are in and out, you know, in-person, virtual, just depending on whatever our state says. And so it's been just a lot. It's been a lot for everybody, but, you know. And you're an author. Yes. I am an author. Yes, I've got um, two books right now. Um, Unpack Your Impact is a book that I wrote with Naomi O'Brien. And then I self-published a children's book called Albert. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Both of these ladies, they they are incredible individuals. And like Hope said, I mean, we've looked up to both of them for such a long time. They're part of our Get Your Teach On family. They present for Get Your Teach On. They're on our leadership team for Get Your Teach On. And Lanisha is actually the director of our kindergarten and first grade programming for Get Your Teach On. So we are all just we a big GYTO be- family. We thought who better to attack this, this subject with right. than these two. And so we're going to go ahead and just dive right into just... What does this look like? Like mm-hmm. how, how, how even? I mean, not to get in, we, we're not even going to tap into the logistics side of how is this even going to work and how are we going to test kids? And right. that, yeah, no. ugh, I mean, oh my goodness, that there's just a million questions with that. But for both of you right now, specifically this year, I know in years past, it might've been different. But when you think about the fact that we're already navigating so much change, there's been some consistency when for weeks or two at a time, you know, but there's been a lot of inconsistency with kids and a lot of inconsistency Mm -hmm. um, with just instructional methods and techniques and strategies and things that we have been really great at in the past, but trying to navigate it in a whole completely different setup looks different. And so what do you guys think of or what kind of emotions right now do you have associated when you hear standardized testing or benchmark testing or whatever it is um, that would be specific to your grade level. I see you shaking your head there, Lanisha. Oh, do you want me to start? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> words? What a question, Hope. I'm like, I, I feel like I can't say the real words that are coming <laughs> right now. Should um, we have a moment of silence first and we'll just whew. imagine? Because I'm sure all educators probably can imagine. Yep. So everybody, what you're thinking right now, that that's what I want to say. But, you know, it just... I'm sitting back and it's, it's so the dissonance is real because on the one hand, they're like, and when I say there, it's just like people everywhere, whatever Um, you hear, like, take care of yourself and, oh, we're in a pandemic and, oh, everything's, you know, we need to go slow, slow down to speed up. You hear all these things, but then, oh, also, by the way, that data is due on Friday, make sure it's in the spreadsheet. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? And so for me in kindergarten, it's not a state test, but we still have like a required screener. 
And then the fact that like so many schools were thrown into either hybrid or virtual situations, that usually means that there's not a lot of know-how around like, well, how do we do these things virtually? Um, so you're sort of like, if you're a virtual teacher, you might be feeling like left to figure this out on your own. And it's like, yep, you've got to administer this test to each child and figure out how to do it virtually. So I'm on YouTube looking at tutorials, trying to figure mm. out how to share my remote because I didn't know how to do that on Zoom at the beginning of the year to give someone on the other side of the screen access so they can navigate and take this test that takes 30 to 40 minutes. Things like that, that are just like, it just, the words that come to mind are just like, it's unnecessary. Why are we doing, like, what is, you know, and like, do you really think the data that I'm going to get from this is really going to drive instruction? Because you have to worry about whether or not the child on the other side of the screen is even actually the one really doing the work. You just, you, you can't always tell, you know? And so there's just so many little things like that to consider. And it's like, well, why are we really doing this? Like who, like, what is the purpose? And so that's the word that I feel is just like, I feel like it's unnecessary. I'm sure there are reasons. I get that. I'm sure that there are reasons that it has to happen or whatever, but I just really wish somebody would just wake up and be like, okay, let's just do what makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, you hit the nail on the head, I think at the very beginning about the dissonance, like we, we, we want to do this, but we're here. You just even spoke about I'm YouTubing, I'm Googling how to do certain things, especially virtually. And like you said, I'm sure, I'm sure there are reasons for it. But but why? But why? Um, Amelia, I'd love to hear your take on what it looks like and, and the grade levels that, that you teach and instruct, because I'm sure there are a lot of similarities. If you're an educator, you're an educator, right? But there are some differences, too. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, that was just really well said with the dissonance part. And I just feel like, too, with the validity part of everything, you know, how valid are these tests? This one, I know educators were all asking ourselves, because when you're given a test and in a, norm, in a normal year, a standardized test where the, one of the main criteria is to give it to them in a comfortable environment with people they're comfortable with and a place that they're familiar with. And all of those things obviously don't exist this year for many of our kids. And then also the fact that I can't remember where this was first originally shared, but there's been versions where we need to, we need to stop saying that these students, the gap is growing and these students are getting farther and farther behind. We're all in this together. It's not like it's one state or even one country, you know, it is the entire world is going through this. And so I think as educators, we see that and we understand that, that, you know, all of our kids are in the same boat and we're trying to help all of them make this growth in the best way we know how. And we're all thinking, you know, how valid is this test really going to be? And to speak to kind of what it looks like for us, I actually, this is where I can say it's a little bit different. I know you talked about like logistics of it. So we actually in Ohio give the test in the beginning of the year in third grade. So my students who are virtual actually already took it in the beginning of the year. And we were told it had to be given in person. There was no option for that. So wow. logistically, we had to work out as a district a way to get our kids who were virtual. Um, obviously, parents still had the option to opt out, but I mean, very few did because it's a pretty like, you know, state mandated letter that comes down. This has to be taken. And it's in third grade in Ohio with the third grade guarantee, they fail third grade if they don't pass the standardized wow. test. So it's a, it's a pretty big pressure test on a normal year. So as a teacher, and we all know that our heart breaks for these babies when we ask them to come in and take this test every year. And so this year, our kids had to, it was a very interesting thing. They rented out the ballroom of a local restaurant, like a huge picture of your prom or wedding or one of those things, a ballroom. And kids were placed at tables 10 feet apart. You know, they wore their masks. And so, you know, picture these third graders who have never met me in person, 
never met any of the other teachers in person walking in with their masks on to sit down 10 feet apart from their classmates after having not stepped foot in a classroom since March. And they're asked, being asked to take a you know, four-hour standardized test. So logistically, yeah, they, we made it work. But to talk about the validity of the test, you know, those letters went home to parents actually a couple weeks ago telling them whether they passed or not in the beginning and whether they were at risk of failing third grade. And I think I spent an entire two days just fielding phone calls, calming parents down. Like, this is not normal. That situation was not normal. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Your child's making progress. So I just think we have to keep keeping in mind the fact that even when we do the very best we can as educators, we just have to keep reassuring our students that their progress we see individually. And just because we don't, it doesn't show on a standardized test doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that's something that I think sometimes gets lost in translation with the communication from above to our parents. Oh my God. I mean, I, I have a lot of thoughts and I think that, you know, we, <laughs> we all fall in line with what Lanisha was saying is that those thoughts cannot be aired here on the new EDU podcast. But, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I'm trying not to get fired up, but I'm fired up because I'm like, you know, we are all, as educators, we're all encouraging one another to not compare yourself to the teacher you were last year, right? Because that you're comparing apples to oranges. Like there, there is no comparison. There's no way that you can even compare how you're instructing this year, how you're feeling about teaching this year, the energy that you have, the instructional time that you have. Like it is could not be further from what we have experienced in the past. And I'm like, yet, yet, we're going to sit here and basically with our students yet compare them apples to oranges because again this year for them has been nothing normal this is not normal this is not even going to be the new normal this is very abnormal this is a very abnormal time and we've talked about it a lot here on the podcast but yet we're going to put kids into a ballroom and you know Amelia I love what you said too about the fact that you know, everybody's like, oh, but the educational gap, the gap, we're, we're acting like these kids aren't capable of learning when it's not about the kids. It's about the time that is being able to be, be yeah, spent in instructional, right. you know, instructional mm -hmm. time or the ways that we're able to reach kids. And so I'm just like, who, like, who does this make any sense to? And, you know, that's the hardest part as educators, right? Because we're all sitting here and I know that anybody that's listening is like, yes, 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 yes. But it's like, where, what, what is the disconnect from, you know, those people who are putting these things into place, you know, where's the dissonance? A, Just like a lot you're of talking things about. Like, could be why, said. Why is there so much disconnect right <laughs> yeah. there? It's like, we, we all what get it. We're world? all saying it and we all understand yeah. it, but somewhere this one little piece is falling off. And just like you said, Amelia, I mean, we, we assess kids daily, I mean, informally and formally, yes. and that does not mean that they are not learning. I mean, Lanisha, you know this firsthand and being a kindergarten teacher. Holy cow, how many lessons besides the standards have they learned just this year? And I think understanding that is, is crucial, is crucial, especially coming out of this school year. Mm -hmm. What are we going to continue with? What are we going to keep going with with the lessons that we've learned during this pandemic? to keep striving to teach the whole child and to, and to stay accountable that way. It's so aggravating. It's just so aggravating that people do not listen to the experts in the classroom. But these are things that we know, right? This is something that has not changed. Like 
people, unfortunately, as an educator, use your voice. Yes, absolutely. Advocate for yourself. Yes, absolutely. Advocate for your students. Yes, absolutely. But even while doing that, there are still going to be so many things outside of our control. Mm -hmm. And that is very hard because here we are, the experts in our craft, the experts in this field. And sometimes it feels as though we're not, it feels as though we're not given that respect. Right. right. And so, because, you know, if anybody were to poll teachers like, Hey, do you think kids are ready for standardized testing? There would be a resounding, I uh, almost guarantee a hundred percent. No, but the likelihood of that is not going to happen. And maybe, you know, with new administration in place, maybe some of these policies are going to change and we all hope that they do. But right now, educators are sitting in a place where right now this is still being standardized testing is still rolling out in most districts from the people that I've talked to this is happening and so while it's extremely frustrating and we all are sitting here with the same frustrations again we cannot control that this is still happening this is still being put in motion so just from your perspective because both of you I feel like so for lack of a better term like level-headed like you I was gonna say the same thing like yes it, it just you don't allow, you don't allow these types to, of things to really I'm sure that you're frustrated but you don't allow you don't it to it. really yeah to, to wear it forever wear it. or wear it for the rest of the year so what would be your advice to educators during this time? Because so many of them are putting pressure on themselves right now and they're starting to feel the anxiety even more and the stress, mm -hmm. which is then going to be passed on to their students. So what do we have control of right now as educators that will make a difference during this, yeah. this time of moving into standardized testing? Interesting. I think a, a normal every time my theory with, with standardized testing is always, you know, we have to do test prep. Obviously, it's something that anyone ever wants to do, but we know it's part of our job. And it's always that whole like, you know, test prep, but we can, we can make it fun. We can make it engaging. So this year in the same situation, it's not going to go away. I know it's not going to go away. I know my students in a couple months are going to have to take a test where they have to write a multi-paragraph essay. So I better have them prepared to write that multi-paragraph essay. So instead of stressing myself out or getting mad about it because I have no control over it, I'm looking for ways that I can make it more engaging for them. So when they come to that test, they can take a deep breath and be like, you know, I remember that lesson. Mrs. Captain with me when we did this multi-paragraph essay and I remember it was fun. So, you know, how can I make this fun for them ahead of time? So when they walk into that test or they sit down at that computer, mm -hmm. they think of that and they're not thinking of, oh my gosh, I hope I don't fail. They're thinking of that fun lesson we did to practice that skill or that standard. And I think that's really important because we don't want them to walk in blindly. Again, even though we might not agree with it, it's happening. So it's not fair to our kiddos to have them walk into that test and sit down and just feel totally overwhelmed we want to do everything we can to prepare them with just some simple lessons so it's familiar to them beforehand. Oh, wow. What's fair for kids, right? And you just hit the nail on the head. It's going to happen either way. And it's it's our job to prepare them the best that we can and what's fair for them. Man. Yeah. Lanisha, how do you, because you and I have had so many talks too, just about all types of things, lesson planning, all the things that's really outside of a teacher's control. And you mm -hmm. just navigate those challenges so well. So for you, how do you keep, I guess, control of your own emotions so that those are then not passed off to your students? So for me, it took one anxiety attack. And I was like, you know what? That wasn't fun. Don't want to do that anymore. Right. And so from that moment on, I had my first one at the beginning of last school year. And um, from that moment on, I literally just started to protect myself from it. And I just had to adopt the mindset that I can do what I can do. I can show up. I can give it the best I can from this time to this time. 
but I have too many other things going on. Even if I don't do another thing, I'm still a wife and still a mom. Like even if I don't, you know, have any conferences to do or any, you know, resources to create, take all that away. Just being a whole wife and mom in itself is a huge job. And I had to sit back and be like, you know, I don't want my family to suffer for my job. I mean, I know, and the thing is teachers, so much of our job is a part of who we are as people. And that's why it's difficult for us to separate because we feel like bad people if we're not willing to give everything to the job. And my husband is looking at me and my teacher friends like, y'all are crazy. He's like, I'm not doing all that for where I work. You know, he's the business guy. And, um, and I'm like, that's because it's not a part of who you are. Like, that's just what, you know, you do. And I think for us, if we can get to the point where your very best from the, the time that you set for yourself, that has to become enough. And I arrived, I just had to arrive there, um, especially this year. I mean, teaching virtually, my goodness. I remember when all of this first happened and so many teachers were getting upset because kids were eating or they weren't dressed or they were doing what, listen, mm-hmm. what do you want me to do? I am at school. They are in their homes all over the city. I cannot climb through that screen. <laughs> I cannot, I can't do that. So right. I set my expectations. I tell them what I want to see. I praise it when I see it. And then after that, if you're sitting there eating your cheese stick, I mean, I don't love it, but what do you want me to do? I'm not going to stop class and get on you for the cheese stick and the yogurt. And because your dog is on camera, what do you want me to do? I'm just going to teach and I'm going to do the best I can. Right. And, and I feel like, if more people can get there, like you cannot control those kinds of things. I can't control the fact that they want me to do that standardized test, right? So during school hours, now seeing that this old Lanisha would have maybe come home and been on YouTube and and Google during my time <laughs> trying to figure that stuff out. New Lanisha is like, so, okay, so you're giving me from after school until three, that's my time, that's when I'm doing it. And if I don't figure it out, I'm going to let my, at my admin know. I didn't have enough time to figure that out. I'm not sure what else you want me to do. You know, so it's just, it's not being mean. It's not being, I'm not a team player. No, I'm protecting myself because I refuse to put myself in the position where I'm in the closet like I was last year, thinking I was having a heart attack when it was really an anxiety attack. I'm unwilling to put myself there again. Mm. Yeah. That shifted it for me. I like new Lanisha. Like new Lanisha. I love, I love Lou, Lou Lanisha. I love new Lanisha. But I mean, we've, we've witnessed this. Uh, We've witnessed this with both of you guys. And this is who you authentically are. And Mm -hmm. just some commonalities that I heard from both of you. And Lanisha, you just hit it home. I mean, you both touched on, you can only control what you can control. That's what we've been talking to our audience about for so long. You. Well, but it's not only that. If you can't control it, Stop trying to control it because right. that's what Let stresses you out. Like, Let it go and, and say no. Lanisha has told us no. Yeah. And we are just fine with that. And we're like, yes. We're yes. like, yes, I'd rather you tell me <laughs> no and then instead of try to do something and, and you can't fulfill it. And, yes. and understanding that, that we are more, you, you hit the nail on the head, Lanisha. We are more than a teacher. And I and teachers, as, as teachers, we are servants. We have a servant's heart. And that's what we put our identity into with our profession. And it crosses over a lot into our personal lives. And even though we say, even I'm sitting here, I'm more than a teacher. No, it still crosses over to my personal life. But we have got to understand what priorities are important to us. Mm -hmm. You said, I'm a wife and I'm a mother, right? 
Teacher comes third. At the end of the day, I'm always going to be a wife and I'm always going to be a mother. And understanding that. And so, I, again, we're encouraging our audience to take a look at yourself. Look and see what um, things you prioritize, what things you do during a day, and what things are important to you. Write those things down and then look at them. If all of them coincide with teaching and education, you got an issue. We got to work on that, right? It's okay if some of them do. But if that's all you are, that can't be your identity because you're not going to survive it. You just can't. Well, and I'm just going to put this out there because this was me my first couple of years of teaching. So I'm talking to myself. I don't feel like I'm preaching at people, but um, I'm talking to myself when I say this is, you know, a lot of people would say, well, I just, I don't know how, how to not control it. What do you mean? uh, How? You just choose not to. You choose not to. And, you know, for so many of us, and I'm going to say this as a statement of so many of us, myself included, my first couple of years of teaching, before I got, I found my new hope, you know, my, my new hope, like she found her new Lanisha, is if we're truly sitting down and really thinking about it, for many of us, we feel like the test scores say more about us as a teacher than about what they say about our students. Mm. And we wear it personally. And, you know, because I think for a lot of us, we're like, well, the kids did the best they could, but it was me. It was me. And I think that that's where we get so emotionally invested and tied up into, we tell our kids all the time, time, your identity is not tied into a test score. Well, teachers, neither is yours. Neither is yours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also, and I feel like I can say this freely. We say whatever we want here on the new EDU, but listen, teachers, next year, there's nobody that's going to be looking to fire anybody. It's going to be the opposite. Just like Lanisha said, like, if you don't yeah. get it done, guess what? Next year, I, I'm, you know, I'm worried that that there's going to be a huge teacher shortage because a lot of people have left their profession this year. They don't feel comfortable. They don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't feel valued. Pre- the reasons are numerous. But listen, nobody, <laughs> they're not firing anybody, right. you know, for your test scores next year. Yeah, Lanisha, go ahead. So I'm thinking about what you said when you were talking about the people that are like, yeah, but how, how do I let that go? I hear two things um, because like you hope that used to be me as well. One is if you really can't let it go, you haven't been pushed to the point where it's like, I have to make a choice. Like, so for me, that was the anxiety attack. So you might be just kind of, you know, because for years that was me. I was going along, going along, doing the most, doing the most. And then I got to a point where it was like, whoa. And then that did it for me. That was number one. Then number two, if I'm truly honest with myself and I know that I brought my very best teacher self and gave it my all and still the scores did what they did, I can let that go. Mm. Now, I am human. And there have been times where I'm like, yeah, I probably wasn't as prepared as I should have been, you know. But the (laughs) problem with that is so many educators, we are unwilling to admit that. Yes. And so because we won't step up and say, oh, man, like I probably should have, you know, adjusted my lesson in this way or that way. Or, maybe, you know, maybe it is some of it is on me. Then it it compounds, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And you really are. Well, I taught and I reviewed it and these kids still didn't get it. But like, are you ever willing to step out and be like, oh, mm-hmm. no, nah, that was mm-hmm. part of me. That, that's that's my bad. You know, yeah. and so I can make peace with it if I know good and well that I have done everything I can. I brought my very best. And, you know, even if they feel I'm like, okay, I'm going to get them next time. Um, but if you never step out of that, in my opinion, um, then it is very difficult to just let those things go and stop worrying about them because, you know, deep down, you probably didn't really give it what you could have given it. 
And I could not agree more about the fact that they haven't been, you know, if they're having a hard time letting go, then they probably haven't haven't been pushed to that decision because, you know, I've been there many times. And, you know, it's crazy that you said that because actually, you know, a lot of times, and I know y'all are probably the same, but I wake up with thoughts, with a lot of thoughts at night. I don't sleep, you know, but. um, It's annoying. (laughs) It is. It is annoying. But, you know, I mean, I was thinking, what was I thinking? You wake up with <laughs> literally, lots of I know, and I had a thought that I had last night. Oh, I, this is my thought. I was literally thinking about my breaking point and how um, it happened during my, it was the first year that you were at my school with me. And so I guess I was in second, second grade. Second grade, you had that breakdown in the, in the classroom. Well, thank you for I telling do. my story. Sorry, I remember this. <laughs> we, I taught fifth grade in the same thank school. Thank you for telling my breakdown They were story. like, they came no, into my room. I but, thought she was going to have to go to the hospital. And Lanisha, I remember us talking about your panic attack as well. And so for me, when listen, when anxiety and panic hits you and you've never experienced it before, and listen, it can manifest itself in mm-hmm. lots of different ways. So even though I had experienced anxiety in the past, this was like a whole new world for me, a different form. And same is true of the pandemic. I had a completely different type of anxiety than I've ever had in the past. So just yeah. know anxiety can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. But I was in my classroom doing a read aloud and I literally black Blacked completely out. out. Like, couldn't see. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, it's like, you have nightmares about this? Like, am I supposed to crawl to my neighbor's door and, like, tell them that I help? Or, and so, fortunately, my sight came back to me, but it was the scariest thing ever. And then, you know, I had to take two complete weeks off of work. We are trying to tell you from experience to maybe not even allow yourself to get to that point where you have to make that choice because you are so desperate and you need it for your own personal sanity. Learn now to start saying no. Learn now to start letting it go. Learn now to recognize what's out of your control. And if it's out of your control, then that's where it it stays, right? And Amelia, I know you, we've talked a lot about anxiety too. And people are like, you know, would think that you would never struggle with anything because you just always look like you have everything so put together. I think that's always like one of those things where it's social media is one little part of that everyone sees. And, you know, you just you talk about that. Like I can still, I can picture, you know, we talk about anxiety and tax and stuff, even like that test, that chest tightening, people don't even realize like, that's like an anxiety thing. And you don't, you have to slow yourself down and stop yourself because it, it, it starts to become like Anisha said, like you said, to a point where you can't stop it then. And I know for me, it had to be a physical thing where I literally, you know, once I leave school and having kids helped me with this, honestly, because I had to leave school to get my voice. There was no more choice of staying after any longer. So, you know, find whatever that reason is, whatever's going to make you, but also like having people around you. I have a bunch of really good friends that I teach with in my district. And, you know, we, we text each other days done, like shut your computer, you're done. And we tell each other that shut the computer, shut it down. But me, I physically put my phone, my computer, those things in a separate room and most for most evenings and I don't touch it. Like it's, it's gone out of sight, out of mind. And that helps me be present with my family and not even think about it. And I, it's a joke within our family, like immediate family too, because I don't ever respond to text messages until like 9 PM, but I'm like, well, that's just what it is though. I'm separate from everything (laughs) until that time. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. She I, doesn't either. I, we always, Chris and I were talking about it the other night. You don't, you know that you're not going to hear back and we don't care at all. Um, sometimes in a million, I will text each other at the very, at the craziest hours because she is adamant about that. And I respect that. So hey, I've, I've, I've uh, stood firm on that and it's been become a habit and it, it has really, really changed my life, especially just going to bed at night. Like you're, you're probably not going to get a good text message past 9 PM. More than likely you're not. And, and understanding that, but what I want to note real quick we have four educators here. Three out of the four have experienced panic attacks and anxiety. I haven't gone there yet. I mean, I've struggled with depression. Those things, it's different. But that should say something right there 
from all over the country, we're from different parts. Probably 75% of educators then. Are on some type of medication, therapy. Or just struggle with anxiety. Just in struggle with anxiety or depression. Like Maybe all four of us have yeah. something like that. So I think that's worth uh, noting because it's really important. And this is a this is a tremendous issue. And this isn't where we really wanted to take this podcast. But that's what this is about. I mean, that's what testing can cause, and mm-hmm. that's what the stress. And I'm 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 here to just just remind you guys. I mean, say no. Yeah. As a reminder, just say no. Just like Amelia said, shut it down, put it away. Don't fear the FOMO. It'll be all right. And just focus on what's truly important and what you can control. But if nothing else, and I, know, I don't even know this is the right way to say it, but feel encouraged that you're not alone. Yeah. Feel encouraged that the four of us are sitting here and nobody has the answer to how we fix this issue that no. we all feel with standardized testing. Feel encouraged that every educator is feeling the same way that you do and know it doesn't make you crazy and know it doesn't mean that you care too much and know it, it doesn't say anything about you, but also take the advice from these ladies and mm-hmm. from what they've experienced from, you know, from what we've shared and from your fellow educators and truly, you know, right. put yourself as a priority. And so hopefully that will encourage you a little bit during this time to truly let go, let go. And what will be, will be. And remember that that does not say anything about you as an educator this year. Mm-hmm. That does not say anything about you. Every single educator Period. has Period. given their all and that is all that can be expected. Right. But the Get Your Teach On team did come together because we knew that this was, we started seeing rumblings of people concerned or saying, you know, I still haven't figured out how to teach these difficult standards or these are the standards that I'm struggling with and I don't know how to teach them virtually or I can't get this concept across to my students um, the way that I usually do. And listen, we all, just because we're not, just because we're telling you to let go of the fact that it's out of your control. We're not saying to not prepare your kids. Right. Exactly. I guarantee every yeah. the four of us, we're all going to do our darndest while managing our own mental health and saying, okay, sometimes you just got to put it away to prepare our kids. And like Lanisha pointed out, when we're with our kids, we're going to give our all. We're going to teach them the best that they can, mm-hmm. right? And so the four of us got together and we talked about creating something for educators that is very different than the Get Your Teach On team has ever done before. And this is a brand new virtual online experience called Level Up. But we reached out to educators all across the country and we said, what are the areas that you're struggling with most? And then the four of us went down every single standard in ELA and math. And we talked about issues that we had had in the past or things that kids get confused about. And we said, how can we create a resource for teachers to really attack these difficult, what we call power standards, specific power standards head on. And so um, we created something that's coming up on March 13th that will help you prepare your kids for standardized testing in these tricky areas. But we wanted to be intentional about time as well. And so, Lanisha or Amelia, I'm going to kind of, y'all were just as part of this process as we were. So, yeah, I'm going to turn it over to you guys and let you guys share a little bit more. And Lanisha, specifically for K1 and Amelia, you helped with two through um, five. Mm -hmm. So just share a little bit more about this, this event coming up. Sure. So I think I'm most excited at... Like you said, it's so different. Um, Never done anything like this before. I'm loving the micro session concept. And so basically like, it's almost like having a library full of like quick 
actionable. I am notorious for like having, I'm not as good as Amelia. She like putting her phone and laptop, I need to get there, but I will take my laptop. And while I'm like packing lunches for the next day, I'll put it on the top of my kitchen counter and like, let something play while I'm doing something, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, these videos might be like perfect for that. And then the fact that you can like rewatch them, but like hearing from so many educators, different educators all over the country, who have been assigned a specific standard and then like are going to give really great ideas for ways that you can attack that standard and, you know, how to assess it and how, you know, I'm just really excited at that, honestly, just the diversity of presenters and topics and the fact that they're short. So you're not sitting through like an hour and a half long session <laughs> and trying to take all these notes. It's like, no, this is quick and you can turn right around and use it the next day. So I'm just very excited for that. Yeah. And I love, I love to like, like Alicia said, the micro sessions, I feel like when we all think about what do we need as educators this year, that's what we need. We need to be able to sit down during our planning period. And that was kind of our, kind of our envision when we put this together was that we're in the classroom right now and we're thinking about like what our day looks like. And if I'm thinking of testing and if I'm thinking of those, those lessons, I know I have to teach, prepare my students and they're going to be difficult. And I want ways to make them creative and fun, but my brain is just fried at this point in the year and I can't think of those ways. We want to provide that for you. So, you know, rather than you sitting there trying to spend your, your evening hours away from your family or your friends or whoever that is, you know, we have that prepared for you where you can go and you can sit during planning for 15 minutes and you can watch the session and then tomorrow teach it to your students and give them the, that knowledge. So when they see that test, they're not seeing that skill for the first time. So making teachers jobs easier. I think that's just so, so important to all of us because we know what that's like. And like we talked about with the anxiety and the overwhelming feeling, we've all been there. So anything we can do to help take that off the teacher's plates, it's huge. And I think this level up conference is exactly that. It's like those micro sessions of exactly what we need to alleviate some stress this time of year. Yeah. And we, when the four of us got together, we said, okay, what would be everything that we would need? Because we don't want to have to watch a session and then figure mm -hmm. out how to plan it and pull together resources. And that's taking a lot of extra time. And so we're like, we are going to write the lesson plans. We are what gonna would give we want? The, yeah. We are going to give them the exact resources that they need to take into their classrooms and implement, like Lanisha and Amoyabo said, the next Do day. A micro Then video. we want to know mm -hmm. that we're preparing our kids for this test. If this is how we're going to be yep. measuring them, we're going to prepare them the best way that we can. And we're going to say, now go do your best. And so, and we've also included assessments. And so we we just wanted to create a resource. I love how Lanisha called it like a library. Um, because that is what, because it is like a hundred sessions and you will have access altogether. to it for two years. So this is something you can go back to, but we're going to talk how to address these standards virtually in a hybrid model face to face, mm -hmm. because we know that everybody's in different models, but we just truly wanted to be able to serve educators during this time. And we were like, Let's focus on the reality of, like Lanisha said earlier in the podcast, we're talking about mental health of teachers and, oh, take time for you, but we're still held fully accountable right. yep. for our for our kids' progress with academics and standardized testing. And so um, we really wanted to create a resource for that, again, to address those. It's not every standard, but you'll either choose ELA or math, or you can choose both for your specific grade level. And then each little micro session focuses on one specific power standard or a standard band, depending on what grade level you're in, but they're broken down so small to give you those strategies and those techniques from educators all across this country. And we Some asked phenomenal them experts. which ones they were like, I mean, this is one cool. that I can teach. Like I, I might not I, have it all I'll together, but like this is the one right. standard that I've really got. And so it's going to be an amazing experience. It's on March 13th, but again, 
you have access to access to all the resources for an entire two uh, years. If you're an administrator, we have school licenses with discount rates as well. Yeah. So, okay. Go to getyourteachon.com backslash level up. And that's where you will find all the information about the conference, all about you can look at the specific content guide for every single standard yep. that will be addressed, every single presenter, what the session will entail. But truly, this is a way to help you really, really help your kids begin to master those tricky standards before state testing yeah. time. So uh, before we go uh, off to a new week, we would like to uh, kind of pass it over to Amelia and Lanisha. First of all, thank you both for being yes, here. Because for, for words of wisdom, anything you like to leave so our good. people with. I mean, you two are phenomenal. And like you both said, you are wives and your mothers first. And this is taking time away from that to pour back into educators. So we do want to thank you for that. But then we would also like you to leave just with some words of encouragement. We know that they are filled up. Our community is filled up just with what you've shared already, being authentic and transparent. But if you could leave them with one thing we would really, really appreciate that. I would say my biggest thing, I know everyone says, take care of you. But instead of listening to what everyone else says about taking care of yourself, what do you need? And find that person that's going to hold you accountable. I think that's something that as educators, we need to keep reminding ourselves. Sometimes we don't do it ourselves. And admin puts more on us while saying to take care of ourselves. But find that person that's going to hold you, hold you accountable and be, kind of become that partner with them for the rest of this year. Because we can all make it. We know we can get through this year together. We've made it to this, we've made it this far. And we've done right. insurmountable things so far. You know, when you look at what we've done in the past year. And so we can keep going, but we need a community. So find that community and find that person, whether they're in your building or across the country, and hold on tight to each other and lift each other up and push each other through to get through this, this next couple months together. Mm, I love that. So for me, I would say, um, just remember that this won't last forever. Much like Amelia just said, we've made it this far. I love that because it's really, really interesting that we're, we're coming up on a year of all of this. And so when I think about it in that way, it's like, oh my gosh, like we've done this for a year, you know, won't last forever. And then just, you know, kind of reiterate what we said earlier. Just remember, you can only control what you can control. Give it your all, give it your best. And then you have to just let it go. Take care of yourself. Mm. Awesome advice. I told mm. you they would have all the answers. I mean, surely, right now, at least you feel better after listening to them. I know that I always do. They always give me the best advice. And so, ladies, we are going to let you run off to your families because y'all yes. got to cook dinner and do all the things. So thank you so much thank for being you. a part of the new EDU in this episode. We love both of you so much, and we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye, guys. So once again, you heard from them and, you know, just to kind of sum it up and reiterate just how important it is to number one, release control, release control of the things that you cannot control and focus on what you need to show up well every day, but also prepare your kids. That's and, what I was going to say. It's, yeah. Things will still happen. We yes. still have to be accountable. We are teachers. That's right. I mean, it may not be the best year that you've ever had, but just like Amelia and Lanisha said, we, we, we've got to do what's fair by our kids and prepare them the best that we can. That's right, you guys. So we love y'all. We're cheering you on. Yep. Lanisha and Amelia are cheering you on. So again, tap in with our Get Your Teach On community. We would love to see you at the virtual event on March 13th called Level Up. Wade and I are going to be doing some keynotes. You're going to hear from so many incredible mm -hmm. presenters and again, get a wealth of resources that you can use this year and in the following years as well. But once again, thank you for joining us thank this week you. for thank the new you. EDU and we'll see you next week for a new episode. Bye, everybody. The new EDU is hosted by me, Wade King. And me, Hope King. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfush. 
and edited by Andrew Weller, with production support from Sterling Coates and Chase Mayo. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. The new EDU podcast is a 3% chance production.